Welcome to So You Want to Be a Witch, the podcast for soul-centered entrepreneurs and the people who love them. Welcome back to So You Want to Be a Witch. I am your host, Sarah M. Chapel. I'm singing today, apparently. Sorry about it. Um, but today we have a very special guest. I'm so excited to introduce you to Fanny Priest. Fanny is a trauma repair and self-trust coach um, who helps healers, feelers, queers, and creatives repair the rupture in their relationship with their true self so they feel safe with their bodies. And Fanny is working on a brand new project all about how this actually relates to business. So Fanny, uh, welcome. Thank you so much for being here today. I'm so excited. I have, uh, you know, longtime listener, first time caller vibes over here. So I'm feeling a little verklempt uh, to be in this conversation with you. Um, but also really, really excited because like, truth be told, like your podcast is like the only one that I can still like, like re- regularly listen to anymore. Aww. So yeah, yeah, it's an honor to be here. It's an honor to have you here and thank you for that feedback as well. Though I, we've, this is quick said, I keep hearing this from people that like our podcast is one of the only one they're listening to. What the fuck is going on in podcast land? Like, what are y'all doing? So here's what happened. Like for real is like the, the, the pandemic completely changed my podcast listening um, ah. habits because I don't mm-hmm. go anywhere anymore. And right. I was like, my, my podcast groove was in the car. And so since I'm never leaving my house anymore, I just don't listen to podcasts, but you know, if I have to do like a curbside pickup at Target, I listen just so you want to be a witch. <laughs> well, thank you. We're, we're grateful to be in your ears. And of course, so glad that you're here today. So Fanny, tell me a little bit about you. Who are you and what is your work in this world? Oh, okay. So um, big question. So I am, <laughs> um, <laughs> my name is Fanny, uh, also known as the trauma witch on Instagram. As you said in the intro, I uh, I work with trauma repair and self trust with um, with folks, and so what that means is that I work with developmental trauma, and we can talk about that in a second. So I want to say my background is in yoga. I uh, was a yoga teacher for like over a dozen years and trained as a yoga therapist. So I was assisting people. So I've been in the wellness world for a really long time and been running my own business for a really long time. But what I found is that with with yoga and with yoga therapy, although they are beautiful and wonderful modalities um, that I still love for the issues that I was working with myself and the issues that the folks that were coming to me for support, we needed a deeper layer. And that deeper layer was um, developmental trauma. So what that means is that I, I work with folks in helping them repair the relationship with themselves. And so for me, the definition of developmental trauma is, is a rupture in the relationship with the self that occurs as a result from our fundamental biological needs for relational safety not being met in childhood. So when that happens, there's a split that had the way that we that we that we react, you know, as a small children to to our needs to be seen our needs to feel safe in relationship, our needs to have our our bodies witnessed and celebrated, our need to have our our pain believed, our our pain witnessed, right? These are all some of the things that that tend to get missed. We respond by, by, by basically rupturing the relationship with ourselves. We tend to abandon our bodies, our relationship to our bodies, our relationship to our needs, our relationship to our feelings, to our intuition, 
all of that kind of goes by the wayside because we need to prioritize the attachment relationship with our caregivers, right? So that's a brilliant, effective, super adaptive strategy to survive an environment when we're very little, when we don't have any agency. But if you sort of telescope that into adulthood, what we have is we're still working with these strategies. We're still working with this rupture when the original conditions, right, that, that gave that, that made those necessary are sort of not on the ground anymore. So we're kind of like, it, it's kind of this weird time travel thing where we're responding and reacting to sort of stimuli in our environment now, basically as though we were still five years old who felt alone with our pain, right? Mm-hmm. And, and so we lose access to agency, we lose access to connection to self and to others, we lose access to our intuition, to our ability to trust ourselves, trust our perception, all of that. And so the work that I do is to help people sort of identify what are the, you know, where this rupture occur what are the strategies that you developed in order to deal with that rupture? And, and how is that an obstacle to you getting the kind of connection to yourself and to other people that you want to have today? So super low key. Great. Super- <laughs> Got it. I want another, you know, I have multiple bios floating in the ethers and one of them says that I'm like a a reluctant expert on discomfort. And it's very true. Like I, if you look at my chart, it's just like trauma and people's feelings. It's just like all (laughs) over my birth chart. Like my moon is in cancer. My son is Sagittarius in the eighth house. It's just, this is the work I was born to do. (laughs) Now, I love it. And thank you so much for describing that so clearly and effectively, because I mean, I think for, for good and for, for challenges, perhaps, I mean, I think there's a lot to talk about here and I don't want to get too far off base, but the word trauma has really entered the the vernacular, right? It is like, this is a word that people know now, everyone on Instagram talks about trauma, especially in the context of the past couple of years, but that doesn't mean that we necessarily have kind of, I think, collectively strong working understandings of the different types of trauma and then, you know, definitions and ways to see how that plays out. So it's super helpful to kind of have that like underlying our conversation. Truly. Yeah. It is the best of times and the worst of times (laughs) as far as as trauma, because it is true, like on, on, in some ways it is so heartening and gives me so much hope to see the awareness that people have um, around this topic and and how we're really bringing that to the fore, but it is also you know very misused and very misunderstood. And part of that is that you know the the work that the work that I do that I was trained in doing is really really new, right? Like you know work a lot with the nervous system and you know systems like the polyvagal theory, which you may have heard mm-hmm. about. Um, you know, was originated by Dr. Porges, I believe in like 1994, you know, and so what we're, what we're looking at is this, this understanding of, of, you know, the nervous system and the nervous system's impact on our day-to-day life. Um, When we're looking at, you know, the understanding of developmental trauma, as opposed to shock trauma, right? I think like most folks, when we think of trauma, the first thing that maybe we've been exposed to is, 
oh, you know, war veterans who come back from, from the war with PTSD, right? That's talking about shock trauma. It's also under the underlying, there's also a lot of developmental trauma there, right? But that's kind of the top layer that we're aware of. But really, you know, in the sense of just generally, right? Like, you know, clinicians, most therapists that I'm in relationship with didn't learn about developmental trauma in in their in their teaching programs. I'm not saying that that's the case for any and all of the psycho, you know, the therapy programs out there and the social work programs out there. But a lot of folks have had to go and get supplemental different training because it's still so this understanding is still so new. Right. So while I do acknowledge that it gets really problematic in the online spaces when there's not <laughs> enough understanding about what trauma is, the truth of the matter is, right, even folks who this is their job don't necessarily have this understanding. Like it's still very new. Definitely. And I, I like that frame for this conversation because I think it's going to really start to, as we start to talk about how this applies to business, mm-hmm. we're going to see how there's this, this massive hole, especially in. I mean, kind of like the coaching space and business support space where a lot of the tools that have been created and, um, frankly pushed, I I think Mm -hmm. I probably have a stronger word than that, but we'll say pushed uh, as the solution to, for lack of a better term, mindset problems in business, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, are completely, are, are not rooted in this more recent understanding of how, yeah, how childhood development and attachment trauma actually impacts our, our, your life, regardless of whether you're a business owner or not. But definitely when you're a business owner, it's just, it just it's, it's whack-a-mole over here. <laughs> it absolutely is. And you know what it ends up doing? And, you know, I, I love that we're, you know, jumping into that conversation about, about mindset. And I just want to say, like, you know, from the get go, like mindset is not a bad thing, right? Like I'm going to, I have, I'm going to have words and feelings that I'm going to share about mindset work and mindfulness and all of those things. And I'm not saying that those things are bad or that they're not effective. You know, like for a lot of folks, they're great first steps. But what we Mm -hmm. see a lot of times, what I've seen for myself and, and the folks that I've worked with and alongside of is that Yes, it's going to help us get a little bit further along. Yes, it's going to help, you know, like having perspective shifts and, um, you know, paradigm shifts and those things are really useful, but, but they're really only designed to address the symptom and not the root cause of the issue. So what we end up doing is we're having lots of folks, lots of coaches, right? Like who are, you know, like you say, pushing things like mindset. Oh, it's your mindset, right? And so we have people, cool, okay, mindset, that sounds like what I need to work on. They're going to do a lot of mindset work. They're going to get a little bit of a return, right, on on that work. But then ultimately, they're still going to be stuck because that's never the thing that they, that's not the thing that they really needed in the first place. And what that ends up creating is that replicates the conditions of the original developmental trauma, because they're going to feel that's kind of often the thing. Oh, I've tried the mindset work. I've tried to do the mindfulness. I've tried to do the gratitude journal. I've tried to do all those things. I'm still stuck. I'm still stuck. There must be something wrong with me. Yes. And now I'm alone with this. And these are the original conditions that created the trauma in the first place. Right. So we we've got these 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 solutions that are again, and I'm just like for the most part, most people are very well-meaning, right? Like I, I think for the most part, people really truly want to help. 
But without the understanding of what the root cause is, we end up pushing solutions onto people that are really kind of replicating the conditions of trauma, right? And, and, and not helping us get to the next place. Yeah, I, I really appreciate that perspective. And I think that that's something I know I've seen very much play out in my years coaching people is that most of the tools that I use that are not consulting based, right? Business coaches kind of walk a funny line. Like we're not actually usually hundred percent coaches because you have to actually like help people figure out problems. But um, that most of the coaching tools that I use are very ultimately traditional coaching tools, lots of questions, some reframing, things like that. And I do find it useful, but there is a level of work that that cannot touch. And when the coaching industry and business coaching in particular is so, is being told by, all right, I'm going to go on a mini rant and then we'll Please. get back to the focus. <laughs> but is being I told, there a rant. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, this is my, this is, this is what we're here for, right? And it's not bad. I think you're right. Everyone wants to help people. I think that the vast majority is extremely well-meaning, but people are being sold tools and trainings as if they are a cure-all when that you don't, you, you don't need anything else, that this is all you need is to understand these. And this is particularly egregious with certain, frankly, like NLP trainings in particular is where we see this become like a big issue. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to go down the NLP rabbit hole. My quick, my quick take is I think some of the initial tools are very useful and it's worth studying if you want to learn more about how thoughts and language work together. And NLP is not going to solve your problems. It's, it's a framework mm-hmm. and a tool. And the current state of it is, I think, is pretty fucked up. But that that's often sold those tools as the solution, which means we have a bunch of people now who have been told that they have the solution. And if you believe that, then your framework doesn't allow for other solutions. It means that if something doesn't work in a session, that yes, that actually the client is wrong. That's the, it's exactly what you said. The dynamic is set up where, oh, I, I don't know why the time techniques didn't work with this person. They must be unwilling to do it or something, right? And that's exactly what you said. So. Too long to you read. See, you can't see me, but I'm like pumping my fist up in the air. <laughs> saying. Because, because yeah, that, 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 that's exactly what, what's happening. There's a couple of things going on there. Um, there's one, and, and most of the things that are going on there are, are systemic issues, right? Yes. And so they're, they're, even, they're even bigger than the coaching world and the business world. They're, you know, they're just dominant culture in the West, just period. One of the things going on is we have this idea, you know, and again, like it, it, it serves the dominant culture very well that, that the mind reigns supreme right? We're like, oh, you know, we're, we're the humans with the big brains and the brains at the top of the body. And surely the brain is running the show. And so we have the, you know, this sort of the belief that like thoughts create your reality is, you know, it's not, not true, but it's definitely not the whole truth, right? We have this thing that like, oh, if something is occurring at the level of the brain or at the level of the thought, then that, then we can, if we just work on that, if we could just work on the brain processes or work on the thoughts, then we can fix it. And it's like, yeah, the thought is, if you think of a plant, right? The thought is the flower, right? It's the top of the issue. There's a whole system of stalks and roots and, 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 and a whole environment, right? That goes into nourishing that. And so we need to look at what's underneath that. Usually, you know, to me, what we see happening at the level of the brain and at the level of thought, at the level of the mind is, 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 is all symptoms, right? It's not the root cause. 
Um, and then the other piece is that it really serves the system as a whole, right? To look at these, these kinds of solutions, like you're saying, like NLP and like mindset and so forth, because they really keep the system in place. It's really convenient to think that, like you say, mindset is the problem. And if it's not working for you, then you're the problem. Because we never then have to look at what, what are the systems, the dominant culture, what are the systems of oppression that are in place that are causing, right, like this to happen at the level, at the level of the brain and at the level of behavior. There's so much going on underneath. But so long as we keep our solutions and our and our sales pitches. Right. Like at this top level, then nobody needs nobody needs. This is the thing. This is, you know, if you want like sort of fanny priests, this is the problem with civilization, with like Western (laughs) civilization in a nutshell. You didn't ask for it, but here it comes. We can't deal with our pain. We're not equipped to feel, process, share, witness our pain and each other's pain. And everything that we're doing is a scramble to keep that hidden. Right. And the more we deal with the mind, that's really convenient because that's not where the pain is. You know, the pain is elsewhere. Yeah. Yeah. I, I so appreciate that. And like this, you know, as, <laughs> as I, I, I call myself like a psycho spiritual coach and I am, I am often working at the thought or more, more really the belief level. Right. But less yes. on the, which is, I would say, part of a stock, if not entirely a root. Um, but I don't, I don't do do trauma work the way you do. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's so important to start to see that this is that this is an it's it's systemic, and it also is an internal system as well. That like there are so yes. many different moving pieces, and that ultimately, like the idea that you are broken because you can't train yourself to think a different thought, um, besides being some Cartesian bullshit, um, I you know, it does, it, it, it reduces. All right. I just, cause I want to talk about this. <laughs> I'm all, I'm so worked up now, Fanny. Get together. <laughs> I um, have that effect. <laughs> no, I love it. No. And cause I'm sitting here, I'm like, so many of these things are so useful and they're not the full picture, which is just kind of the, the truth of like reality. Um, and I think that's for me is where the real problem comes in is like, if you think any tool is truth, then you probably are going to run into some issues. Tools are not truth. <laughs> um, but that I think that focusing on the level of the thought, it reinforces the individualism and it creates the illusion of agency. Phrase. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. This idea that we alone are responsible, right. For anything and everything, this kind of like rampant, you know, which is very much, you know, part of the sort of like Western, um, Western civilization, dominant culture, but very much, you know, like very much, you know, the American you know, the, the American perspective is the sense of like, we, well, I, I need to figure this out alone. Right. And which is a way of kind of glorifying and normalizing in a bad way. Right. Um, the effects of trauma, which is like that, that's the thing with trauma is that we feel alone when we're very, very small, when we, we cannot deal with being alone. Right. We are a relational species. This is not because it's nice to have friends and to have companionship. This is on the neurobiological level. This is what we've evolved is to being able, is, is to be in connection, is to be in relationship, is to be seen and witnessed, right? And, and what happens with trauma when those needs are not met is, is we feel alone. We feel alone with our pain. 
And this is, and this is the root of, and this is the cause of even more pain. And so we kind of take that and then we say, okay, this is the way it's supposed to be. Because then we never have to look at, right? Like on a, on a, on a systems and on a culture level, then we never have to look at, well, what's wrong with this picture, right? We get to blame each other individually, right? Coaches blame us, right? We blame ourselves. And then we're, we're all, we're all alone, right? Yeah. And, 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 and there's really nothing that a human can do alone, like literally nothing, yeah. right? I'd like to hear from you how, mm-hmm. what does, and then we can get to make a little bit more specific talking about mm. how this manifests in business and how to work with it. But you know, I, I do think that like, I know for me personally, as a facilitator, guide, spiritual practitioner, wh- whatever, whatever you all, whatever mm-hmm. you all want, whatever you all want to fucking call me, um, <laughs> that helping people find personal agency in the midst of systemic challenges is extremely important to me. Like what can we do and what can't we do? Like what is ours? Can you talk a little bit about how trauma repair works with agency and how maybe we can have yes. the agency in a way that is not um, reinforcing individualism? Yes, this is, I, I fucking adore this question. Thanks. I like literally have goosebumps. Um, so Ooh. yeah. So like agency is, is the whole thing is like the, is like the main bridge. So I'm going to talk about, so the, 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 the system, the framework for trauma that I'm trained in is something called NARM. It's the neuroaffective relational model. And it's a, it's a therapeutic model. Um, I'm not a therapist myself. I'm a coach, but they're sort of like their initial training um, is for, you know, coaches, spiritual directors, like any, any kind of people. And so that's the training that I took. And so the, the framework, what I'm going to share here is coming from the, the norm perspective. So one of the things that created that, that one of the conditions that set the stage for developmental trauma to take root. And when I'm talking about developmental trauma, usually we're talking about the ages between zero and five is where some of these, these patterns and these strategies really kind of get laid down, right? So what is missing? The big thing that is missing at that stage is agency, right? So say I'm, I, I live with my caregivers. I'm in an environment. I'm, you know, if I'm two, three, four, five years old, if I look around me and I'm like, okay, so the people who are around here are not, they're not seeing me. They're not meeting my needs. I don't feel safe in this environment. I'm stuck, right? I am stuck there. I don't have any agency to affect change over my environment, right? I can't change my parents. I can't change my caregivers. I can't change my community. I can't change my environment, right? Because, you know, issues like, you know, poverty and systemic oppression, that all kind of fits into the, to, to the, to this framework. And so the only thing that I have any hope of being able to change is myself. So what happens at that is that that's where the rupture happens is when we internalize the failures of our environment to meet our needs, we make them our fault. Now, weirdly, this is the most hopeful position that a child can take, because if I have no agency over my environment, this idea that I might be able to make myself better, right, represents hope. But so what happens is that gets carried over. And so that's what we call in NARM, that's what they call child consciousness, right? This idea that if anything's wrong with my environment, it's my fault. Now, what happens as we, but so that's in an environment where we have no agency. Now, as we grow older, everybody that's listening to their podcast is a grown ass adult. We pay our own bills. 
you know, we make our own doctor's appointments. We have the ability to affect change to some degree in, in our environment and in, in, in our living space. We, we can make choices that affect change. This is what Enorm is referred to as adult consciousness. And this is where we have access to agency. So in Nam, they talk about agency being the bridge between child consciousness and adult consciousness, right? And, you know, to your question is, well, how do we access agency without uh, reinforcing this um, toxic individualism, right? Because an, one way to look at agency might be, you know, this kind of the language that there is, or is, oh, you know, if you're poor, you have a poverty mindset and agency is kind of changing oh. your mindset or whatever. Yeah, which is like, just like, you know, insert vomit emoji. Um, <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I just couldn't, I had to just groan in, in pain. Yeah, it's so <laughs> painful. It's so painful. Yeah. One of the ways that we, one of the ways that we do that is, so, so the way to look at agency, and, and, and this one is a little bit subtle, is how do we carry forward this responsibility for the failure of our environment, right? And, and, and it has to do with really kind of recognizing that what was missing was relational. I think, that, I think this is the key piece. It was never something that was wrong with us. What was missing was relational. And so because all trauma occurs in relationships, always, 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 there's no such thing as trauma that just occurs outside of a relationship. And then so does the repair. The repair is always going to happen in a relationship as well. There's not necessarily a one-to-one -one correspondence. This isn't to say that like, oh, if your developmental trauma occurred in your relationship with your parents, then you need to heal the relationship with your parents to heal trauma. Abs, that's a crock of shit. Absolutely not. <laughs> but you're going to need to heal in community. You're going to need to heal in community. This is not something that you can. I mean, certainly, is there an individual piece to it? A one hundred percent, right? But this is not something that you can read a bunch of books and just isolate yourself with your, you know, with listening to podcasts and never be in relationship with somebody else, right? We 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 are harmed in relationships and we heal in relationships. So so to me, the agency is really kind of recognizing, like, oh, what is my personal responsibility? What am I carrying forward? Right. But also looking at the way that we the way that we develop and exercise agency, the way that we live out healing, you know, really is has to happen in, in relationships and in community. It's so helpful to hear this and people listening to the show, I shared very openly last year that I did a lot of did a decent chunk of intensive therapy for some of these very issues. And it was so wild to be in an experience where simply being in relationship and being mirrored and witnessed and for things that I thought were problems, having them received in like they were normal, like behaviors of mine or, or ways that I communicate or things like that. And I think it was the first time, was the first time I ever worked with a therapist who wasn't a disaster. So that also helped, but, um, <laughs> but it was the first time where I really started to understand exactly what you're talking about. I was like, oh, I couldn't do this myself because I literally had no model for it. I have no model for being received and cared for in this way. I can't do that. But here in relationship, this this community and, and in this case this individual was able to offer that care to help me see that like whatever this wasn't like fucked up or weird or if it was that I could be whatever right and it, it, yeah. so it's so fascinating that I mean I am a somebody who's I am very intrinsically motivated I am kind of I think I mean who knows what's culture versus just 
human, but I am kind of like an introverted uh, individualist on some level, just like, like kind of how I focus. And I was like, oh no, <laughs> actual human with actual relational needs. And I'm curious to hear how this gets reinforced in business because one of the things we have it quite, we're kind of, we're sneaking up on it. We're going to get there. Um, <laughs> is that business, especially in, especially in America, especially in Western mm-hmm. culture, especially mm-hmm. in hashtag late capitalism, <laughs> creates a feeling of separation because of competition and yeah. um, and lack, right? And fear of uh, like financial FOMO, basically. So how does this, is this even exacerbated for business owners? And what do we need to start to do or notice, or how can we start to create this level of repair you know, not only, you know, for ourselves and our like financial well-being, but also so that we can actually do the work that we need to do in the world. Yeah. I love that question. And please hold me to answering it. But before I jump to that, I really kind of want to acknowledge the share that that you offered. Like, I'm so like, when you were sharing about this experience of being in therapy and of being mirrored and witnessed for the first time, like my whole nervous system, like oh. quieted down. Like I could feel that response. And I could, you know, I could, you know, I think I could sense it in yours and I can feel it in mine. And I'm just like, this, this is it, you know, and as it, it complex and wild and, and layered as developmental trauma is at the root of it, this really what we need is to just be seen and to be witnessed and to understand that we make sense. Right. Ooh. And, and most, yes. behave, most behaviors make sense when they're viewed through the lens of trauma. Yeah. Most behaviors make sense when they're viewed through the lens of trauma. And I think that it's such a painful experience for people to go through the world and, and not make sense to ourselves. Why do I do this? Right. Like, you know, like there's this kind of term self-sabotage, which is useful. And I also don't like, and I have a whole blog post <laughs> about it, which you can go find. Because that's really what we feel like we're doing. Why am I fucking this up? I have this dream for this business, right? And I have these skills and I really want to offer this to people because I have this vision for liberation, right? For for our communities. And 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 yet I can't take the actions that I want to take in my business that are really going to help me get there. And, and when we don't have the understanding of how developmental trauma is 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 really influencing those behaviors, then we don't make sense. We're like, well, I I must be that, like you said, like I must be fucked up. And it's like, no, when you start to look at trauma, it's like, it all makes so much sense. And what a fucking relief, right? What a relief to have somebody say, hey, I see you, your pain is real. And the way you're dealing with it makes so much sense. Yeah. Right? And this yeah. is trauma. This is the repair work, really. So I'm glad you got to have that. Thank you. And thanks for that reflection. And um, yeah, that's... <laughs> there's a, there's a coherence that emerges, not like in a, like a perfectly aligned, everything fits together all the time kind of way, but just a, there's a, there is a certain kind of logic, less, you know, more intuitive logic, if you will, and through that lens too. Just like, oh, I just, for me, I was like, maybe I'm not, maybe I'm actually not that weird was, was, was a big one. I'm so plenty weird, but like, you know, there's a difference between like being a weirdo and feeling like an alien. So I think that there's, there's, there's being weird as a choice and there's being weird <laughs> as I don't make sense to myself. And I feel yeah. like I don't belong in this world. Right. Yeah, um, exactly. But yeah. Those are, those are very, those are very different. Very things. different. 
so what was the question? <laughs> uh, let me see if I can pull it back out. Uh, that was so beautiful. I, I, yeah, no, I'm feeling feeling so moved by that. Uh, was I think essentially uh, how, how business how how um, business oh. how yeah oh yes relationships and, and, and business yes 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 exactly mm-hmm. because we biz, our 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 business culture reinforces um, not just individualism but an antagonism. Um, yeah. So what does this start to look like? And yeah, how, how, how business, how? <laughs> how business, how? So, so for me, my framework is, is, you know, again, this is, you know, because I'm the trauma witch. And so, you know, I identify as a witch. And, and to me, a witch is somebody who's in relationship with everything. I was like, that was like deeply uh, influenced by Ren's work. Um, I was in Sarah and Ren's program last year. But this idea that we're in relationship with everything. And so a, a business, is really a network of relationships, right? And 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 there's there's lots of relationships inside of a business, but the ones that to me are, are top of mind are first of all, as as a as a business owner and 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 as a business person, right? There's my relationship to myself, right? My relationship to my body, my relationship to uh, my feelings, my needs, etc. There's my relationship to the tasks that I do, right? Like my relationship to like. This is the big word. I'm going to drop the big P word, productivity, right? <laughs> My Uh-oh. relationship productivity. Uh-oh. <laughs> there's obviously, right, any business, there's going to be a relationship with clients as you've, you know, like sort of drilled into my brain or, you know, a business is when you sell things to people, like that's how you make money. So there's it, relationship. That is a business, yes. <laughs> that is a business. So there's a relationship relationship with our with our clients, right? Even if we're not as like, you know, I am a service-based provider. I work with lots of service-based provider. But even if you're making physical products, right, you're selling, you're selling those to people. And, you know, and inside of your business, there's going to be right relationships with, um, with your colleagues, right? Like the folks that are kind of in your sphere, that's where the kind of like the competition piece uh, works in relationships with, you know, anybody else that you're going to work with in your business, like right, your accountant, you know, the, a lawyer, your graphic designer, et cetera. And there's also relationship with money. There's relationship with success. There's relationship with vision and planning, relationship with the community. So if we see again, working from the framework that developmental trauma occurs in relationships, and is going to manifest in relationships, then all of these relationships in your business, right, are potentially affected by developmental trauma. And so, so this is, this is starting to, but if I'm, again, you know, I'm, I'm very, you know, I'm, I'm somebody who, even though like, I'm not a herbalist or, or anything like that, I've always been sort of deeply nourished and influenced by, you know, the natural world. Like I'm a lifelong reader of Mary Oliver poetry, like currently I'm just kind of savoring the essays and the book Braiding Sweetgrass. Mm. When we start to see ourselves as part of the environment, as part of nature, as part of an ecosystem, then we start to see ourselves as a network of relationships, of relationships, right? And so this, this is the, this is where we start to be able to work. So as a business owner, the more I see myself as this sort of lone little bubble right? Like that is like me against the world, right? Which is like a very sort of like, you know, faulty um, way that we have of looking at the natural world, like with this idea of like, you know, the alpha animal, whatever. It's like, it's not a fucking thing, right? Like it's not a thing. But the more we do that, yeah, the more it's going to feel really isolating and more, the more these, um, you know, narratives of scarcity, right? Which is what drives the, the, the competition, you know, that you were talking about more of that is going to be able to sink in. 
But then if we look at ourselves as, oh, I'm a network of relationships, I'm part of all these other relationships, and then see how are my original relationships, right? The original relationship with my caregivers, with my environment, how are those continuing to influence the ways that I'm in relationship now? It, it looks very different, right? Like this is this is no longer about, oh, this is about me fixing myself and optimizing myself and optimizing my schedule or, you know, or productivity or whatever. It, it really becomes about what what is standing in the way of connection? What is standing in the way of connection for me? What is standing in the way of connection between me and, and, and my ability to do my work? What is standing in as an obstacle in my relationship with clients, with money, et cetera? But it, it, it's, to me, this is where we start to really see the big shifts is when we start to see ourselves as, as, as a network of relationships and as being in community. Yeah, it, it is such a critical shift, I think, from, yes, from this, like, this witchy perspective, and then also, yes, from this, like, this, this felt sense and psychological perspective. And often the folks that I work with have never thought of it that way before. Even if they are very community-driven people, business seems like this kind of thing on the other side that everyone's a little ashamed to be doing. <laughs> like it's everyone's yeah. like dirty little secret. And yeah. that I imagine also reinforces this because we haven't really talked about this, but my understanding is I mean that that the shame is is part of this trauma cycle as Ooh. well. Ooh. It's big. It's big. So again, you know, I'm gonna kind of pull from the from the norm lexicon again. So what I described earlier, right? This idea that if 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 there's a failure in in my environment and if i feel bad as a result of this failure in my environment right like if my if my caregivers aren't able to meet my needs if my environment doesn't meet my needs then this is my fault in norm this is this is what the process of shame is and and norm defines shame as a process not an emotion and the shame is what then drives the strategies, right? This idea that, so the, the sort of shorthand that they teach for shame is that if I feel bad, then I am bad. Yeah. And this is one of like, this is like, this is kind of all over, right? This is kind of one of the most basic things that I work with on a daily basis, like in, in my own life and in my own body and, 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 and with the folks that, that, I, that I'm lucky enough to support. Um, th- this idea that, if I'm having a struggle, if I'm in pain in any way, if I am not having the connection that I need, then it's my fault. I am bad. And then the strategies, and again, like I said earlier, this the, the shame is paradoxically the most hopeful thing that the child can latch onto because in absence of agency to be able to make change in my environment, I'm the only thing I might even have a scrap of hope of being able to change, right? So it's very adaptive at that stage. But then what happens is if the idea is that if I feel bad, then I am bad, then the imperative is going to be, okay, now how do I make myself good? How do I make myself good? And how do I make myself good? This is what gives rise to the strategies, right? And, And so for most of us, how do we make ourselves good? We make ourselves good by not having any needs not taking up any space, not having any boundaries. We make ourselves good by, by thinking we have to figure out everything by ourselves, right? Uh, we make ourselves good by either working really, really hard or making sure that our work is perfect. These are all strategies that we employ whenever we get that, that shame feeling. We use those strategies so that we can hopefully get closer 
to to that relational to that connection that we made but of course it backfires right because even though we try like if it were if it worked right like if if being this sort of like perfectionist workaholic um <laughs> you know like you know island onto yourself of 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 the you know dominant culture's dream if it worked we would all be fucking fine and awesome because we're really good at that right like we're really <laughs> good we're really good at trying to figure it out on our own and we're really good at working really really hard at that shit We've been, we've practiced that our whole life. That's kind of the tagline that I use is, yeah, yeah, but you don't need to work harder. You need to feel safer, right? Like we're, again, all this, all these strategies, we're all working at the level of um, symptoms, right? Mm -hmm. And and we're not addressing the root cause. And the root cause is that we're in pain and we've been made to feel that our pain is our fault. And we've, and we've been made to feel that we have to bear our pain alone. Yeah, that, that's, that's where we need to work. I, I absolutely love hearing this because it really points to something you know, there's, all right. Well, the problem is that this is a conversation we could have for 50 hours. So absolutely, I was like, I'm going to try to like bring it in, but you know, that, that one of the most powerful things I see for, for business owners, I mean, for anyone, but for business owners is being situated in community and starting to realize that the pain that you're feeling is not yours alone. Right. Yes. That like just yes. in seeing other people be like my launch bombed and you're like, wait, other people do stuff that doesn't work and they're alive and they're not bad. So maybe I'm not bad. <laughs> and, and like that. So this becomes this like really critical piece where it sounds like I mean, one of the solutions to the isolation of this like scarcity competition that reinforces the shame and recreates, like you were saying, the, the, um, the, the situations that created the trauma in the first place that just being with other people who are at doing similar things can be magic. And this is, yes. And like, I'm like, again, like I'm, you know, like throwing my hands up and this is where I feel like your work and my work dovetail so wonderfully, because to me, this is, this is the magic of, of, of group coaching, which I, you know, I, I need to thank you because that, you know, you were very instrumental and, you know, I was an, I was a, you know, founding member of HBA and, and that was very instrumental in helping me understand um, the magic of group coaching. Right. Yeah. But to me, that's, that, that's the magic of, of programs like group coachings and memberships is regardless of the information that's shared inside of it, which, you know, is, is wonderful and useful. It's the fact mm-hmm. that we, it's this exactly what you said. Oh, it's not just me. Yes. Other people feel like this too. Other people have this experience. And, and yes, sometimes we're able to share resources um, and say, oh yes, I have a, I have a fix for that problem. Or did you try this program? Like we get to do those things, but really ultimately what we get to see is like, Hey, I see you. You're not alone. And this was the missing, this was the missing component right in early childhood and we get to offer that to each other yeah like this this most crucial thing like what you said about your therapist like oh i'm i i'm being seen i'm being witnessed right we get to offer that to each other and and so yeah to me this is where this is one of the ways in which you know business it it can be sort of like a powerful healing factor can be a powerful 
modality for healing um, yeah. our communities. And, you know, that that feels a little bit weird because you're like, oh, business, you know, like they said, like hashtag late stage capitalism. <laughs> how, can, how do we square these things? Um, the thing is, you know, like capital, you know, commerce and capitalism are not the same thing. Oh, my right? God. Say uh, it again. Say it again. <laughs> To say it one more time. Commerce and capitalism are not the same thing, right? Woo! Like, yes. like I, I create a service and I trade with you for this service that you have. This has been, you know, this has been part of our human ecosystem. I'm not a scholar of economy, but I'm going to say for probably like, you know, hundreds of thousands of years. It's been a capital, while. Yeah. Capitalism is, is a subversion of that, you know, that is, that is much more recent in our history, which is this, you know, the accumulation of capital. Um, none of us who are doing, you know, like I'm not a capitalist. I don't have capital, right? Like, because I make an income from business this does not make me a capitalist. But I think that, you know, so this, this exchange of resources is another way that we can, we can frame it, I think has the potential as we reinvent as, you know, business like, you know, like yours and hopefully mine and hopefully, you know, probably the businesses of lots of your listeners, you know, creating, creating business, you know, doing business in a humane way to dismantle these systems of oppression to me is like, it's not just a possibility, it's an imperative, yes. right? And, and, and this is one of the ways that we start to do it, which is like, well, how do I take care of my needs while also taking care of your needs in a way that serves sort of like, you know, like the greater good. Ugh, this is yeah. one of the ways we get there. It's like my entire thesis. I love it. I love yes. it. Yes, I completely <laughs> agree. I mean, yeah, I'm a hundred percent here for that. Um, so I'm going to ask you, I think what I ma- imagine might be a hard question as we close, yeah. but I'm excited to hear what comes back. Uh, what is, and I, I'm aware that this is reductionist, but yes. I'm, I'm going to go for it. What is Please. one thing that entrepreneurs can do today to feel more safe? Oh, God, that's such a good question. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm really trying to hone in on the one yeah. thing part. I, I think that, you know, I'm, I'm going to go with, with something, you know, we've been talking so much about community. Yeah. And, and what I would say is the way to feel, I think that the way that we've, the way that we've internalized feeling safe inside of the strategies of developmental trauma is keep shit to yourself, right? Figure it out on your own. Like yeah. it's it's not safe to be seen. It's not safe to be witnessed. It's not safe to say, hey, I'm in pain. Um, paradoxically, and I recognize that as I'm saying that, that there's, you know, I understand that there's difficulty implied in that, but, but sharing, letting people, I'm having a hard time. This hurts. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this, you know, and, and honestly, like, and, and even if you can't, if you don't have a person or a community with which that you can share that, um, admitting it to yourself and yeah, this is it. And actually you and I can figure this out, but I have, I have a practice that, that I offer that, that can be available for free. It's a safe witness practice, which is oh. just really kind of like, you know, like the way that I do it would be kind of like, you know, it, putting your hands on your heart or on your belly or somewhere in your body that feels good. And to say, Hey honey, I, I see you. Right. I see that you're having a hard time with this and there's nothing wrong with you. It makes so much sense that this would be hard. It makes so much, just that piece. I see you and I, it makes sense that it's hard and it's not your fault and I'm not going to leave. Right. Like 
again, the, the main relationship that we work with is our relationship with ourselves. And, and that's the beauty of it is that, you know, and really when I talk about relationship with the self, a lot of times is, is adult self in relationship with, with child self, right? With inner child is we get to kind of pick up our inner child, you know, like in our arms and say, hey, sweetie, I, I got you. Yeah. Right. Because a lot of times the, the the part of us that's hurting is not the adult part. It's the child part. Yep. And yeah. the child part may not have grown up in an environment where we're safe to be seen and safe to have their pain witnessed. But we get to offer ourselves that right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is an excellent so that's one my thing. <laughs> <laughs> that's my answer. And Fanny, you know, you've been pulling together all of your experience um, into creating a, a new a new program and a new yes. way, especially for entrepreneurs and business owners to start to work with themselves on this deeper level. Mm-hmm. Um, can you, how can people find out more about this? Um, I think you have a free training come up. Give us the details. Yes. As when this podcast will be released, I'm hosting and be offering a free training tentatively called how to wire your nervous system for success, but that is subject to change. <laughs> um, and that's going to be on, that's going to be on September 15th. And so you can go to my website, which is the slash free training. Free training is all one word. And, and yeah, so that's going to be, that's going to be the, the sort of the introduction um, for this, um, this program that I'm running, that's going to launch in October that is a six-month um, small group coaching program for um, for entrepreneurs and business owners, and we're going to work on all of these relationships that I talked about earlier. So, looking at your business as a network of relationships, understanding how developmental trauma impacts all of these relationships—relationship to self, relationship to productivity—we could probably have a whole podcast just on that one for sure. Um, my favorite topic. <laughs> relationship to, I know relationship to to clients and to other people in our business relationship to money and selling and relationship to success so we're going to look at each of those and then really the you know the as you know as I've been a good student of yours for years like really the transformation that that the program offers is is first of all right this ability to feel safe in all of these relationships and when we get to feel safe in our relationships that means that we can trust ourselves and we can make kind of the kinds of grounded values-based choices and decisions in our business that are really going to drive it forward. So, you know, it's not a, it's not a program about marketing. It's not a pro marketing about sales or design or any of those things. To me, this is kind of the foundation that's going to enable you to go and take all of these kind of like all of these other pieces, right? When you learn about sales, you learn about marketing, you learn about all those things. If you have the trust piece, then you can go and run with all of those other, you know, other wonderful pieces that you need for your business. That's it in a nutshell. That sounds so awesome and so needed. Um, if you're one of those folks who, yeah, is like, okay, actually, I know how to do these things, but I'm having a hard time taking action on them or I'm stopping myself or I keep like, yeah, there's, I mean, there's, we talk on the show at length about a lot of the different ways that this ends up manifesting and, and how our behaviors are, but um, this is so important. And I hope you guys will check out um, the webinar again, that's uh, the traumawitch.com forward slash free training. And we'll link that up in the show notes as well. So you can go check that out um, and register because that's going to be 
that is going to be super juicy and supportive. I am sure, Fanny, it sounds so good. I'm very, I'm very excited. I'm very much the kind of like provider that will fit, like try to fit like 10 pounds of content into a one pound bag, you know, like I know. So I, my, I my trainings are my training. Yes, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I learned from the best. Uh, yeah. So my, my, my trainings are always like, I always aim to make the training to be like extremely um, digestible, but also actionable, you know, yeah. so that you can awesome. come and take the training and, and, and hopefully that will help move you forward in your business. And if you're interested in the program, we can talk to, we can talk about that too, but it's really meant to be um, really offered as, 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 as a gift, you know, to, to, to help yeah. you. Oh. I love it, Fanny. And I'm so glad we got to have this conversation today. Um, thank you so much for sharing your experience and your wisdom and offering, you know, just that I think for me, like just a level of clarity around the awareness of what this starts to look like in our lives and what we can actually do, but in a way that is, is supportive and not like, not like adding to the grind. Yes. I really appreciate yeah. you. Thank you. Yes. Thank you so much. This was, yeah, this was everything I wanted it to be. Thank you, Sarah. Aww. And uh, where can people find you? And it was, we're like, here's your webinar, but where can people find you on, on the internet? They want to come and get on to the know internet, you. Wanna... I'm, yes. um, I'm uh, at the uh, period trauma period, Witch on Instagram, that's the one place where I'm the most active. My website is uh, the trauma, Witch. yeah, that's, that's where you can find me. And, you know, I'm usually pretty, I, you know, here and there with the posting, I'm going to be in launch mode. So the next little while, you know, we're probably going to see a little bit more of me, but I'm usually pretty accessible and pretty responsive in DMs. So, you know, feel free to hit me up. Awesome. We'll link all that up in the show notes. Fanny, thank you so much for being here today. I'm so glad that we got to catch up and I'm, it's so, it's just also so fun for me to like see your work expand and like how, yes, how it's all yeah. like coming together. I'm just <laughs> it like, it's so, it's so fucking cool. This is like my, this is the absolute favorite part of my job is seeing <laughs> yes. like, you're like, I like to see the whole trajectory of like this you, next phase. Yes. It's you've so seen many awesome. iterations. You've seen many iterations of my business. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. It's so it's, this is like, just feels, it's like feels so resonant and so crystal clear, Fanny, everyone who gets to work with you is going to be just so fucking lucky. So thank you for sharing it with that us today. A lot. Thank you. And all y'all listening, thank you for being here and listening. You're, you're the reason, the reason for the season. It's, I guys, I think I need like a book of cliches so I can like stop making up <laughs> stupid ones. If you have a great cliche list that you want to send me or a mixed metaphor list, let me know. Um, I would love to be able to expand my offerings in that arena for y'all on this fucking show. Um, thank you for listening. Thank you, Fanny, for joining us. And we will actually, I'm glad I remembered, we will not see you next week. We're off next week. There's no podcast next week. Good job, Sarah. I know I had one of those. You Sarah, you've got one thing to do today. Your team asked you to do one thing. That's a thing. There is not a podcast episode next week. Listen to this one again. Um, listen to it twice. And we'll be back the following week. Thank you all so much. Have a great rest of your day. Bye for now. Bye.